Welcome to the TaxSell Podcast, where TaxSell investing is made easy. My name is Casey Dimon. I'm a TaxSell veteran. I'm the leading TaxSell expert. I am the author of the TaxSell Playbook, founder of the TaxSell Academy, and I am your host right here on the TaxSell Podcast. Thank you so much for joining me on today's episode. This is a completely free podcast and is brought to you through and because of the TaxSell Academy. If you're looking to learn more about investing in tax faulted real estate, just head on over to TaxSellAcademy.com. Again, that's TaxSellAcademy.com. On today's podcast episode, I want to talk about my personal favorite type of tax sale property and the reason why. Now, before I begin this episode, I really want you to take the time to listen to all of it and form your own opinions. Copying this exact strategy just might not work in the area that you are investing in. What happens is every time I mention a very specific strategy, I'll undoubtedly get somebody from somewhere that says, this doesn't work in my area for this reason, right? I don't discuss these strategies so you copy every single one because they'll work in every single area. Instead, I discuss specific strategies so you will hopefully be able to use one at some point or another during your tax sale career. So hopefully it will open your eyes to the possibilities that do exist in this business. So we'll give you ideas that you can generate your own ideas off of. Every single investor has different objectives. Determine yours and then determine which of the strategies that I've discussed can be utilized in some way or another. So when I look back at my career, I've realized that the majority of the investments I've made have been for vacant, unimproved real estate. Now, some of this could date back to my beginnings in real estate. If you know my story, then you know that I started out as an agent. Since I was just a teenager, I could not get the big buyers and sellers, you know, spending millions of dollars, that kind of stuff. So instead, what I focused on was what the veteran agents didn't want to do. They wanted nothing to do with the small vacant lots because the commissions were so low, right? I sold hundreds of these little lots all around the county, and eventually I transitioned into investing. And many of those first tax sale deals that I did were very similar to the vacant lots that I had previously sold for other people. The reason for this was twofold. Number one, there was an abundance of vacant lots in the area that I was investing in. Number two, it was very familiar to me. Now, as I moved out of my local area and into a number of other states and hundreds of different markets, for one reason or another, I always had my eyes set on vacant land in some fashion. It was most likely due to inventory and familiarity. Now, don't get me wrong. The number of homes I've purchased is well into the hundreds. I'm not just the vacant land guy. I've got more experience in homes than most people, but I've certainly done my fair share of vacant land transactions. So let's look at a few reasons why I personally invest in vacant land. One of the reasons is something I've already mentioned. In many of the areas that I invest in, there's just an abundance of vacant land available at auctions. So as you begin to research tax the list, what you'll find is that some areas will have a solid mix of houses and land. Other areas will have predominantly land and other areas will have predominantly houses. Now I've been to many areas where they are selling predominantly homes and I've purchased many there. But it just so happens that the majority of the areas that I personally invest in happen to have an abundance of land when compared to the homes that are available there. So it's difficult to buy a house if there isn't one being sold, right? And since I do well in those areas, I don't really have time to expand. I just don't have the physical capacity to go to more auctions. I'm doing well in those areas, I'm sticking to those areas, right? Now, land can also be slightly easier to research. So when we're researching structure, we're not just researching that structure, right? We have to first research the land that that structure is on. That's one side of the research. After that, we have to research that structure 
which can be an entirely different set of research efforts. So with vacant land, we can stop once we finish that land research phase. Another is the capital requirements. When I first started investing, I simply didn't have enough money to buy a house. So instead, I bought what I could afford, vacant properties. It was well within my budget as a new investor, and I tend to find other new investors that look at it that same way. Now, when we work backwards, we have to remember that improved real estate is gonna have higher taxes since those improvements are taxed in addition to the land that those improvements sit on. This means that the opening bid amounts are gonna be more expensive since they're typically a combination of the back due taxes, interest, and fees. Vacant land is a great way to get your feet wet without investing a substantial amount of money. And even with experience and capital, I'm able to buy many more vacant properties than improved ones, which leads me to the next factor, which is hedging your bets. If you spend $50,000 on a house, you get a lot of money tied up in one property. If you buy five $10,000 lots, you're kind of hedging yourself, right? Since vacant lots are generally cheaper, it's obviously easier to hedge with vacant properties. This isn't that big of a deal if you're confident in your investments as you should be, but for many, it can certainly help and was worth mentioning. Another thing that I like about vacant land is it can be fairly low maintenance. In most areas that I invest, there isn't a single thing that needs to be done in order to maintain that vacant land. Just let the grass and the trees grow and you own the property as long as you want to pay that tax bill, right? Of course, there are some rural areas that aren't too concerned about the condition of structures as well, but generally speaking, you will at least have to have some sort of maintenance for that structure, right? There's going to be some set of laws that apply to dilapidated or abandoned structures. At the very least, you can get an upset neighbor that files a complaint against you. Now, with all this said, there are some areas, of course, especially in city limits or in homeowner associations that have maintenance requirements for everything, vacant lots included. I've told this story before about how I was cited for failing to cut my grass and failing to remove snow from the sidewalk in certain cities. But even if we compare the laws in that same city, if you have a property that's vacant and you have a property that has a structure, that property with the structure is certainly gonna require much more maintenance requirements, at the very least, to comply with the local laws. Along those same lines is gonna be your liability issues. It's a lot easier to get sued or have somebody hurt at your structure than it is for vacant land. Many years ago, I had some neighborhood kids that were breaking into a home mine to smoke cigarettes and probably more for all I know, right? This was a property that was not local to me. So what I did is I found a realtor. I hired them. That realtor one day walked in on them. Long story short, it had me a little bit concerned about the liability. Usually not a big deal, but it's certainly a bigger deal when you have a structure than when you have a vacant lot. This also brings up another point that in addition to low or no maintenance or liability, at least when you compare it to a structure, vacant land usually doesn't require much in the way of improvement costs. In many situations, it basically is what it is, right? It's vacant land, it's dirt. Now, when we compare that to a structure of some sort, there could be a requirement or at least that desire to make improvements on that structure. This can often lead to expensive remodels that can run up cost and holding periods substantially. The last one I wanna discuss is the buyer audience. Now, I personally believe that vacant land is, in most instances, much easier to sell than improved properties. Now, the argument is there, of course, that you can at least use or lease a structure and you can't do that with vacant land. But if you build a buyer's list and you strategize correctly, you're gonna find a number of buyers, both in the United States and internationally, who won't think twice about buying vacant land just because it's cheap, right? They're gonna buy it very quickly. 
All their decision will go back to that point. It's cheap, low or no maintenance and liability, along with low holding costs, right? It's a lot easier to own vacant land than it is a structure of some sort. We're simply the middleman that buys it at the tax sale, and then we resell it to them as an investment or speculation or whatever they purchase it for. So a lot of new investors will really tend to overlook vacant land as a viable investment opportunity, at least when you compare it to structures. And truth be told, it does take a certain amount of strategy and planning in order to execute those strategies correctly. But if you have a plan of attack as you start investing, you'll find that vacant land is not only a very viable investment, but it might actually become your preferred investment. Again, this episode is not to say that houses, commercial buildings, or other structures are not great investments and can't be profitable for you. They likely can be, but hopefully this episode will open your eyes to the possibilities that exist out there when it comes to vacant real estate. I truly hope that you enjoyed today's podcast episode and you've potentially discovered another angle to tax on investing. If you enjoyed this episode or any of our other episodes, please take just a second to leave some positive feedback for this podcast on whatever podcasting platform you're listening to us on right now. If we can help in any way, there are a number of incredibly useful links in today's show notes, including one that will take you to our primary website, which is taxcellacademy.com. And when you get there, you get a free copy of my book, The Tax Sale Playbook. We'll ship you a physical copy of the book if you just cover the nominal shipping cost, or if you're ready to learn today in a detailed and step-by-step manner with the best training that we offer, we highly suggest joining the Tax Sale Academy at that same website, taxcellacademy.com. Thank you so much for choosing to listen to the Tax Sale Podcast. Take care and make it a successful day.